0: Welcome to the Mom Powerment Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids, even when they are experiencing their most challenging behaviors. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Jacobowski, an international speaker, public school principal and former struggling student. The Mom Empowerment Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome.
1: Well, today I am really excited. We have a special guest with us today, Renee Bauer. She is an award-winning divorce attorney published author, and founder of the family law firm Bower Law Group. She was born in the suburbs of Boston, Massachusetts, and has an accent that loves to sneak, sneak out when she is angry, excited, or just spent the weekend with her family. She's faced her fear of public speaking. She grew a business from nothing but a folding table into a thriving family law firm in Connecticut. She's been divorced twice, so she gets it. And she's committed to empowering women to redefine their sense of peace and purpose in their life through her online decourse, podcast, and blog. She weekly educates and inspires women to reclaim their right to happiness. Renee, I am so excited to have you on the show today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for being here. That was quite an intro. <laughs> I'm oh, blushing.
1: <laughs> you are fabulous. All right. So welcome, welcome. And we could take this interview in a million directions, right, when it comes to this area. And I was thinking if we could start with an area where maybe a listener is here today and things maybe aren't going so great and well in their marriage, and but they're kind of stuck and maybe they know, hey, you know, I was at the altar and I said, till death do us part, like, there's no way I I could ever step into this, right? And I wanted to know if you could help us today with someone who might be at that point. How do you know when it's time to file for divorce? And in that moment of fear that I just described?
2: Yeah, so that question is probably one that I have answered at least weekly for my entire career. Because when people come to see me, there, a lot of them are at that point where they don't, They kind of know, but they are looking for someone to tell them what to do. And they're they're sitting across from me as a potential client, and I'm a lawyer, and they're looking for legal advice, and the the answer has nothing to do with the law, and it has everything to do with what's going on inside them. So as soon as we start tuning out all of the external forces and chatter and um, start paying attention to really what is happening inside of us we already have our answer. so think about when you have a big decision to make you're asking friends, you're talking to family, you're googling it you're, um, you're you're looking for all of this external sort of validation or justification when if you if you really lower the volume and just pay attention to what is it that your heart's telling you um, not what your head is telling you because our head will talk us in or out of anything but what's going on inside, that you already know the answer to that. And when someone's asking that question, how do you know, they already know. They're just trying to decide when's the right time to take that step forward. Because it's a big one. It's a hard one. And usually you're thinking about, well, oh, will the kids be okay? And how am I going to pay my bills? And how will the lawn get cut? And, you know, there's all of these reasons not to do it. But really the question is, are you really happy? Um, if something's not working, can it be fixed? And if it can be fixed, what are you going to do to try to, to fix it? Because that's always the first step. But if it really can't be, then um, what's the next step? How do you move out of this place that you're in right now? So five years from now, you're not still asking yourself that same question.
1: Right, because that was, you know, my other question for you, like, you, what about the money? What about the house? What about the kids? There's all those extraneous pieces that are so make up everything, you know, and part of your life that they can just get terrified and just, you know, kind of freeze and, or, you know, what are my girlfriends going to think? What are my family going to think? What you you just deal with all of those. um, Just all those questions must be so tiring.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's, everything is so overwhelming and the guilt and the shame of it can stop you in your tracks. Um, before anything happens. And that can keep you stuck for two, three, five, ten 10 years, 20 years. I have uh, clients who will come to me and their kids are, are older going into college. And they're like, well, we knew all along we were just waiting for the kids to be out, be out of school. And how heartbreaking is that? That they've put their happiness and peace on hold to wait for something um, that really could have happened years ago and they both could have been living a happy life in a different one. And their kids know, kids know that their parents aren't happy and kids can be just fine after divorce. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times as parents, we the guilt determines what we do and the guilt will kill you, you know? I mean, it's, it's, I had guilt for because I'm divorced and I had guilt for a really long time. And sometimes I still do but really it's it, your your kids will adjust and they will be fine. And they can even thrive if you have two parents who are really committed to co-parenting.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: that shouldn't be the reason um, that you don't do something. And all of those other qu- questions, where will I live? And how will I pay the bills? Everything falls into place. If you're, you're committed to being happy and really living your most fulfilling life possible, um, everything else will work out. So you can't let those things hold you back from really um, looking for peace. You know, we're all we only have one life to live. And if we're going to stay in a really unhappy situation, and sometimes a toxic situation, you know, look at all those years that are wasted.
1: Right? Yeah. And how old was your it was your son, right? When you yep. first got divorced? How old was he? And did he, you wrestle with when should I?
2: Um, so he was two and I did. And um and there were, you know, that year after was probably one of my lowest points and it was hard. And you know, I'll never forget the first weekend that it was a holiday weekend and I didn't have them and I'm not from the state that I live in. So my whole support system was out of the state and I sat there during that weekend and I, I cried and you know, you question and you say, did I make the right decision? But I was asking that question um, not because I was, I was doubting whether I wanted to stay married, but it was because in that moment I was lonely In that moment, this was uncomfortable and it was new. And, and, you know, so often those emotions are the reasons why people stay, but, You know what? Had I not gone through that, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I it it, is a journey and it forces you to really understand that you have so much power and so much strength and you can really get through the hardest things possible. Um, even if it's hard, even, you know, it, it's going to, you're going to have challenges and that first year might be really difficult. That second year might be too, but out the other side, there's so much light that if, if you're willing to allow it in. Mm-hmm.
1: So if someone's listening and they have thoughts of, you know, a possible divorce or, or they're just not sure, you're just saying no time. If, if you have kids. It's, it's just best to do it. Like there's not even a better time. And there's, yeah. you're saying they're resilient and don't hold off for them.
2: Right. right. And there's never going to be the perfect time. And you know, it, 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 when your kids are young, you can say, well, they're so young. And then when they're older, you might say, well, they're going to know so much. And um, it, listen, I think it's almost hardest on kids that are older. When you have kids that maybe are adults now, young adults, it's so hard on them because they're now taking on so much of their parents' feelings. And now a lot of parents use them as confidants and share, overshare things. And so it's equally as hard for them as it might be for someone who's five years old. So the point is there's never going to be the right time, but you should want to show them what a happy parent looks like. And if you're staying stuck in something and in a house that's not happy, they know that they know that there's not happiness under their roof.
1: Yeah. And so moving on to how, how did you handle not seeing your child 24 hours a day?
2: Ah, so, uh, what was it? How many?
1: No. How Um, do you deal with that? What do you say to someone who's like, oh my gosh, I can't even handle that. But maybe something you say is like, okay, it's going to be okay when I get there, if that's the case, right?
2: Right. So this is an opportunity. And so this is going to sound really strange, but you, as a mom, and as, you know, when you're married, you are always on, you're always doing things, you're always busy. Um, And so often parents, usually moms, but dads too, um, don't take time to do things that they love. They stop, um, they disconnect from their passion projects this is an opportunity to reconnect to those things so during that time alternating between the crying and feeling so sorry for myself i wrote my first book and i took that time to put it back into something that i loved doing and that was a creative outlet for me i had been a writer my entire life and i stopped writing at some point in my adulthood i stopped writing um, and I started doing that again. And so that's what I tell people is to find that thing that brings them joy and start start doing that um, and start, you know, or maybe if they want to learn a language or pick up a hobby. Or maybe they want to um, run a marathon and they can start training for it. But they, this is really such an opportunity to do something for yourself.
1: That is such a good point. And it flips all the negative part of it to something that they do have control over right which is Mm -hmm. redefining what you want out of your life in the midst of what could be such a low low point right Right. Mm -hmm. and even when you were saying Hey, it's okay. Like, so maybe you have to, you know, split the house, split the money, the, you know, all, all your assets and, and things like that. And how, how are you going to start over again? Right. But then it makes me think of how, you know, when you come out of college, you have nothing and you start. Right. And, and none of us come out of college and go, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm, how I'm going to do this. How is it all going to work? And it right. ends up working. So if you just think of that, it'll help inspire you that as difficult as this, this is, if you just take it one day at a time, things will work out. You will mm-hmm. get where you need and want to be. And it just helps, I think, to talk it through, right? Because sometimes right. people are going through this and, and they just go through it in their mind. Maybe they don't even have the guts to say it out loud to anybody because they're so ashamed or afraid right. or fearful or whatever. And I just love that, you know, just simply bringing even you on this episode today, maybe someone listening will be like, gosh, it's so good to hear, you know, what uh, what they're saying because it, people can empathize and, and, and get almost like yeah. free coaching from it. Right. And being like, okay, yeah. so, all right. I didn't really think of that. That helps me.
2: And you know, I've had clients over the years who are the ones who are really stuck in they're, um They're the ones who say, well, I don't know how I'm going to survive. I've never paid the bills and now I have to, and all of this, th- this is really, and they would have stayed married forever and they were forced into a divorce, not by their choice. And it's so satisfying when a year later they reach out, they call, they email and they say, you know what? I have never been happier. I didn't even know how unhappy I was no. until I start, am starting to do this. And because I was forced to do these things, on my own and figure it out, like, wow, like, I'm unstoppable now. And I get those stories all the time. So it's possible even when it feels so overwhelming, and it feels like, oh, I'll never see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's there just, you know, just keep walking towards it.
1: Is that what inspired you to start your podcast Happy Ever After? Or how did that start?
2: So that that's a funny story. Um, I never, even though I'm a divorce lawyer, I've never talked about my own personal story. I was very closed off about it. It was, I was very private and a good friend of mine had a podcast and she said, can I interview you? I'm like, sure, no problem. So she we got some sushi, had some wine. When she started asking me questions, she didn't prep me at all. She started asking me about my divorce and I was shocked because I started answering them. And after that episode dropped, my um, direct messaging was in emails and texts were flooded from other women who said, oh, my God, me too. You talked about shame. You talked about guilt. And these are all the things that I felt. And I never like I felt so alone with it. And I sat with it because people don't understand unless you. Been through it, and that's what inspired me. Because then I realized, I'm like, oh, we have to be talking about this and telling our stories about how we can come out the other end, so other people can have that hope. So I had no intentions of starting a podcast, and then um because of her asking me questions that I would have never agreed to had I known, right? Um, and off we went.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so awesome! And and so tell us a little bit about your your podcast. It's named Happy Ever After, and, and- you. Bring guests on who just if our listeners haven't found you yet. I'm gonna recommend it, but just give us.
2: Yeah, so it's it's happy even.
1: After. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I okay. love the title. Well, That's I messed a- it up. I love that title. It's the so, best.
2: It, it's um, it's all things divorce. I have stories of other people who have gone through divorce and have really come out the other side and have a really um, wonderful story of their art of reinvention. I have experts on talking about um, finances and. Um, I had a child therapist recently. I had a a retired family court judge on. Um, I had just a dating coach that I just interviewed today. So we really cover a a range of topics and experts um, and just all of the things that kind of come up, whether you're going through a divorce or you're out out of a divorce and coming out the other end, you know, certain things. So um, it's happy even after.
1: That's awesome. Yes. And definitely look it up because I've enjoyed listening to it myself and um, just Renee does an awesome job as a host on it. So Renee um, also, maybe, you know, people are listening and they're like, Oh yeah, she's just singing that song that life can be happy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm sure it's that feeling of it can happen for them, but it, it really won't happen for me. And maybe that's something you address in your D course online. Um what, what's just your thought on that?
2: I, yeah, I, and I do. Um, thanks for bringing that, that up because that has everything to do with your mindset. And that's kind of a buzzword that's being used. But your divorce mindset is the number one predictor of whether you come out of your divorce, um, just surviving it, barely surviving it, or really thriving through it. Um, And that has everything to do with what you're, how you're looking for answers. And the person who's looking to these external sources and saying, how are you going to fix my life? Um, And they're asking their lawyer and they're asking their ex and they're asking all of these other people are the ones who are really going to stay sort of stuck in that victim mentality. And the other people who say, okay, this really, you know, this stinks, but um i'm going to figure out how i'm going to get the lawn cut i'm going to figure out you know how where i'm going to live and they're really taking control of their circumstances and continuing to move forward because momentum is everything they're the ones who who thrive after that and so that that's the difference so the people who continue to step forward and continue to even own their own their own you know stuff and what happened in the breakdown of the marriage Um, and take those proactive steps are the ones who really end up okay. And, And yes, some people are going to be forever stuck in court. Those are the people who end up going back to court over and over and over again because they're never able to get out from under that. And they're constantly looking back and saying woulda, coulda, shoulda. And those things are going to get you stuck. So the power to really live that happy even after is entirely within you. You just have to make that decision that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to rewrite my chapter. I'm going to finish my book in a different way. Even if it, even if it's, there was a major plot twist, um, that's okay.
1: I love that. And so your D course is, is which, which part of this process do you address in the D course and maybe just Uh, give us.
2: Yep. So I do it all. Um, so what I do is take the, the legal hat that I have, have spent all my years doing and um, talking about all of the regular things that someone has to think about, such as alimony, whether they're keeping the house or not, what a parenting plan might look like, um, the simplest things of how to divide personal property gets people tripped up. So we go through all of those pieces of it, but I also um, talk about mindset and give some exercises on how to... Uh, kind of set your mindset in, in a, a successful way Um, how to set reasonable expectations, life after divorce, when to start dating. Um, so there are things beyond uh, what a typical divorce lawyer doesn't talk about in representation. But I think that if someone really comes to the table and even finds their own lawyer really equipped with all of the information they need to make rational and reasonable decisions um, they're that much better off because at the end of the day, they're the ones who have to make the decision. And, Karen, there, there's lots of lawyers out there who aren't going to necessarily do right by their client. And they might drive it towards litigation because they make more money that way. And or they might not just um, give you the time of day and your case is kind of pushed aside and you're left trying to fumble and make decisions. So the more you know, the, um, the more empowered you are to really make the best decisions for yourself.
1: Thank you. And for those listening, the D course can be found on Renee's website, which will be in the description of of this episode. Um, So check that out if that's something that um, sounds like it'd be a really helpful course. Um, Do you you ever touch on because as you're talking, it makes me remember and think about how um, actually the, the negative physical effects it could have on our body, right? I mean, So, so you're depressed or you're sad or you're anxious and you're fearful of stepping into this, but if you do, as you step into it, I think what you're saying is so important about the mindset, because if we don't have that right mindset and learn it and practice it, um, it just reminds me of how, how damaging it can be to you physically. Like, um, and I don't know if, if if you touch on that with, with any of your guests or in, in the deep course.
2: I had, I had a guest on my, um, my podcast who actually referenced Louise Hayes, I believe is the person who really talks and she has a book that yes. she talks about the physical effects of whatever's going on in your head. And I actually have it sitting in my office. I haven't read it yet. And I have to,
1: which one um, is it? Do you have it there? Cause oh, I, I've read I several of them and they're awesome. Like life, life loves you. You can heal yourself. She okay. has affirmations. She has a I picture think, book for kids. I love Louise Hay.
2: I think it's the one you can heal yourself. And so, so yeah. powerful. And when, the, when my guest was talking about this, I was fascinating. I'm like, no way like that. I mean, it makes sense, though. It makes sense that the stress and the depression would would manifest in a physical way.
1: Yes. Yes. I love her books and highly recommend them to, to everyone. At school, we teach and uh, read the book, her picture book for kids, I Think I Am. And it takes kids situations that are negative and it helps them frame it in a positive. um, I am beautiful when I'm on the playground and nobody talks to me and I feel like I don't have any friends. Well, you know what? I'm just going to stop and think to myself, you know what? I am beautiful. And it just takes them out of those situations that can just, you know, tear you down. And I love that because if we can teach kids that, I mean, as adults, we all need a little bit of that too. Uh, And wish someone had taught me that as a kid. Right. And so I just. I love that. I love that you have her book. Okay, you totally have to read that. (laughs) So, how? What's? I'm sure this could take probably an hour or two in your course, but just briefly, how can you move on without the guilt, resentment, or anger? And probably the biggest thing, how do you trust again? Because you're so hurt that you you turn a cold shoulder, and you actually could be turning a cold shoulder to a new relationship that you want, but you don't know how to do it because you're you're afraid to get hurt. Like, okay, help us with your insight Um, about that.
2: Yeah. So the best thing to do is give yourself time. You cannot quick fix your feelings. And so you have often after a divorce, someone jumps into dating again because it's a distraction and it's a distraction from the pain that they're feeling and the loneliness and um, that relationship, that one really close to the divorce, or maybe it even started while the divorce was, was going on. Um, it usually doesn't last because you have not healed. And so I tell people that you need to take time. And I've, I've sort of pulled as to, like other people as to what time frame was appropriate. Um, some people say a year I've had some people say two years was the right stretch of time for them to really take time. And I say, date yourself, do things with yourself. Um, that are really uncomfortable, like how uncomfortable or who has ever gone to a really nice restaurant on your own and sit there and have the good champagne and, and, and not be distracted with your phone and, you know, get lost in that because that's distracting you too, but really just sit there with yourself
1: and not feel bad. Right.
2: Feel bad. That's
1: huge. Yeah. Half of us probably would be dealing with that and, and, and how difficult that is to tell yourself that no. I am going to take care of myself here. Yeah. I deserve this. I am worth it. for yeah, me. Or,
2: or go on a vacation alone. Mm-hmm. Like that's terrifying for people. And yet when you start doing things like that for yourself, then you start to have a lot more trust in your, in yourself, in, in your ability to make decisions about other people. And so then you, you really start to understand, okay, here's what the deal breaker for me. These are my non-negotiables. Um, here's what I need in a partner uh, here. Here's what you know what I'm looking for. And when you start to date again and the red flag goes up, you can quickly identify it and say, OK, I, I know I know myself enough now that I know that this isn't right for me and I'm not going to jump in into it just because I'm lonely because you've just spent a, a year healing and being alone. And that's OK. So being alone a little bit longer isn't going to to force you to jump into something. And I think when, when people start to really feel comfortable with themselves, then they can put themselves out there a little bit more. The risk is a little less. They, you know, they've, they've had that time. It, it, it takes time. Divorce is tough. You know, it, it's a grieving process. And, and you just have to have a little bit of grace and understand that it is going to take time. And that's OK. Allow yourself to have those moments. Um, and then at some point you say, OK, enough is enough. And I'm going to start um, lift my head a little taller, pull my shoulders back and start doing things, um, to really move forward.
1: How long was it between your first, uh, divorce and seeing people? Did you, did you, did you know Um, that or have that in mind or did you kind of learn that over time? No.
2: So I did everything wrong. So
1: (laughs) that's why she wrote this course. (laughs)
2: that's why I like, I, I've walked the walk and talk the talk, but so I jumped into a relationship um, soon after my divorce and it didn't work. Um, and that's sort of what happened. And, yeah. you know, I, I see it with clients all of the time. Um, and it, it, you know, it's, I, I can tell people that too, when they, when they start to jump in really quickly and I, and I can say, well, just put the brakes on. It's, it's not going to, to work. And, you know, and I, in hindsight, I can look at it and say, okay, um, it was probably because I was trying to fill that void and trying Mm -hmm. to mask that loneliness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and,
2: um, so, but it was all of the growth happened in the time that I was by myself.
1: I love that. Date yourself first, give it a year, two is what seems best for most people. Um, and then one of my last questions is, how do you help kids not feel like it's their fault?
2: Mm, yeah. So that, that by talking to them, um, and the more what do you say? A, how do you? So the more of a united front you are, the better will be. And so there are co-parent counselors that will work with parents on how to tell your children. Um, and you usually hear like the recommendations of, Um, You tell them that it has nothing to do with them and that they still um, they're both of that. You still love them. And, you know, you say all of the right things, but that's not going to entirely um, alleviate the kids concerns. They're going to feel things. Um, And that's okay too. And depending on their age as to what level you you can talk to them about these things, but you keep the, the door of communication open for them and the dialogue open. Um, but the most important part of the divorce, and it's really the predictor of how your children do, is the level of conflict. The parents that can come out of the divorce and um, their kids don't know what's going on in court and they've not seen the fighting and they're, they're, they're kept out of it. Um, those are the ones that do the best. And it doesn't matter whether their parents are living in two houses or one house together. Um, they're still, they, they have that emotional support and um, the studies show that, that those kids are just fine. And the, as you increase the conflict, this is it starts to be when you start to see children have problems. And so the more that they're seeing the parents are yelling or the parents are telling the children um, things that they should not be telling them. Um, that's when you start to see in the studies show you have increased drug use and um, increased depression and suicidal ideations and, and things like that. So unfortunately you just have some parents who cannot put their own, um, their own feelings aside for the children. Um, and, you know, it, I always encourage parents who are going through this to um, go to some co-parent counseling. If there's, if, Conflict is there. The co-parent counseling can really help you figure out how to diffuse it, and maybe even teach you how to co-parent or communicate after the divorce because you're going to have to. And you don't want uh, the next ten years or fifteen years um, of communication to be filled with with that because your your kids will feel it, and they yeah. they they watch and they hear and they listen.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow, thank you so much, Renee. You have shared so many just different tidbits of information that I'm sure any listener along the way will be able to take something that will help either inspire them or help them with their next step or at least lead them to a resource um, to help support them on their journey. Um, Is there anything you would like to end with uh, to share with our listeners? Um, On a last note, any last thoughts?
2: Just that this is just a moment in your life. And I, um, I was on the Peloton bike, uh, I think it was last week. And one of the instructors said, being human is a messy experience. And looking at it that way, just, you know, we're so as people were equipped, when something doesn't go right, um, we lose the job or the marriage breaks up or whatever it is that um, we get angry and Things didn't work out perfectly and we want to blame someone. But if we look at things like, you know, our human existence is a messy experience that this this season of the low, this difficult time is just a moment. And you'll have the equally, if not more times of joy and celebration. And so you just kind of ride it and you will come out the other end of this. It's just it's just a moment,
1: just a moment. And I know uh, some people say, like, the answer is just around the corner, like your new day might be just around the next corner and in the middle of it, it looks like, Oh my gosh, this is taking forever and so long. And when you come out of it, you do end up looking back and going, well, that that wasn't as long as I thought it was, but in the moment, it is like this eternity, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And
1: humanness is, is, is messy. That is, that is very true. So if you, uh, for our listeners, if you go on Renee's website, Um, MissReneeBauer.com. We'll also put that in the description notes. And you can also get a free video course that she offers her first steps to freedom. If you click on her website today and wherever you are on your journey, just know that you're not alone. We have a community of women, a tribe, your tribe who knows what it's like to be in your shoes. So don't walk alone today.
0: Renee, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Mom Empowerment Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to help you live a happier, healthier life with your kids. Click subscribe today, and we can't wait to have you join us on our next episode. Thanks again. And remember, don't worry, be happy. Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course on first steps to mom empowerment. Go to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy life and healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today.